0: Hello and welcome back to all my darlings, where we are reading "Harpsong for a Radical: Life and Times of Eugene Victor Debs" by Margaret Young. We are on chapter thirteen, page forty-five. Short chapter. When Heine had first gone f- over from Germany to Paris after the French Revolution in 1830, he had come under the spell of the departed seeker after a better world, Claude. Henry de Saint-Simon, whose followers would divide into various movements as if they were birds flying through skies or the magnetic beams had been broken by storms, storms of every kind ripping them apart. The mystical count of Saint-Simon, whose followers were soon to be divided between the material and the spiritual, had planned his Christian socialist reform while dwelling in extreme poverty, caused by the loss of much money in his schemes to cut the long swan's neck of Panama with a canal by which to unite two oceans as if they were one. The Christian utopian society of his imagination was that which would extend the mantle of its protection to those who were sometimes dismissed as floatsome and jetsam, the no account of the very poor to whom had not been given the reward, that reward of heaven on earth, which had been given to the rich who were the few. In 1823, two years before his death, the almost all-seeing God who had, been, who had seen a divinity in all things had led the ailing count of st simon's bony finger to the biblical passage that had given at least the skeletal outline for his dream or scheme that society should be reorganized in such a way as to divide its resources with a boar the worker bees should be sharers of the honey which they made in their great hives and which was now not for the worker bees but for the kings of gold but when the Count of St. Simon stepped out of his mantle and left it on the ground, there had been no one to step into it, and his followers seemed to have torn it apart, as some went one way and some another way into the earthly paradise. Under the leadership of de Bartholome oh, sorry, Bar- Bartholomey P. Infantine, uh, some who had been joined by belief in the mystical divinity of the flesh had helped to set up near the forests of Rambouillet, a community after the pattern of Fourier, the cloth merchant who had not made the mistake of trying to attract workers by promises that they should all work. In fact, they were to do only the work which attracted them, and were to live for beauty and love, and were to follow whatever obsessions were theirs. And Fourier found that the architect of this earthly paradise had built a large pigsty with a stone wall eighteen inches thick, and in no way in, in and no way in and no way out. He had been absolutely sure that his great idea had been undermined by pig-snouted St. Simeon followers who wanted to make him look like a fool. Heinz Germany, a winter tale written under the spell of the St. Simonians, who were not believers in the division of body from soul as in this present charnel house of life, but rather than split and divide themselves, were believers in the joyous acceptance of the divinity of both. Had included a vision of the kingdom of the future in which everybody would have not only bread and cake, but roses and myrtles and beauty and unrestrained pleasure. One of the utopian dreams affecting Hine's imagination then as well as that of flocks of visionary socialists before and after him had been that described by the Athenian poet Aristophanes in the birds, which contains divine elements as well as those mysteries and miracles which might make utopia most attractive by placing it beyond exact imitation by man. Most beautiful city with a wall so broad that charioteers in their chariots could pass each other, even if they were drawn by steeds as big as the Trojan horse, had been built by birds, birds only. While under the spell of the wind-blown St. Simonian followers, Hine had foreseen a city which should be made of human gods who would wear purple robes and enjoy all the beautiful sensual things of life while in this present state of being, nectar and ambrosia and perfumes and music and the dance of laughing nymphs. He to wane thin as a thread or crescent moon in the ensuing years, as his dumb Matilde was to wax fat as the full moon, and the only community that he might have with the beautiful world birds with a beautiful word birds had been that of the parrot conveying his grunts and groans to her and her wild laughter to him. "'Mathilde might have seemed to any one but hine with a search for the divine earth mother, who was larger than he was, he being like the pearl sleeping in the shell, a poor substitute for the two sisters whom he had loved, or even for a poor dancer, a street woman of Paris, who had been told who had told him when she was dying, that she was born in her mother's grave, where grave robbers had found her, and had released her and brought her up to be the dancer. Had they not heard the infants cry in the graveyard then she might have died among the waters of her mother's grave. And understood, however, when he first went over from Germany to France, where he was to be called the Voltaire au clair de la lune, that the revolutionaries, who had dreamed of the emancipation of all mankind, would not live to realize their dreams the dawn which was to come. The sunrise would not redden their cheeks nor warm their hearts, as they died away like the waning moon, for the course of man on earth was all too short, and at the end was the is inexorable grave." The well-heeled, properly tailored Hein, a gentleman who valued his sense of personal privacy, was of a self-isolated nature that forbade unsolicited intimacies. He did not like to be slapped in the back by any wild-eyed stranger, lest he who was so fragile should be knocked over. The trouble with the recently resurrected worker, Christ Wilhelm Wittling, was that he had not asked for any favor and had not waited for recognition by the wandering Jew Hein. When suddenly, out of the spectral producing fog, had rushed his wild jack of all trades whom he had never seen before, but whom he dimly recognized from some of the same kinds of cartoons that made fun of him, okay, so we've got a lot of characters um i'm hoping um and I'm hoping that young brings this together <laughs> in some way. there's just a lot of there's a lot of characters, certainly people I've never heard of um that uh she 's pulling together to give this uh, background story of of the thoughts and uh like she said the life and times of what was going on uh around i think right now we 're in with eugene's uh, eugene deb 's parents debs debs 's parents um to kind of give a sense of uh what the thinking was and what was going on. Which I really like, considering that I know so little about that that kind of history in the U.S. Okie doke. That's all. Thank you for listening. Bye.